0: Quick alert! We apologize for the sound quality. The studio is having some issues with my um. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to live time with JC. My name is John Walk, as you all know, and I'm here with Stacy Brown. Hi, everybody. So, Stacy, want to introduce our topic for the night? Yeah, of course. Today, John and I will be reviewing the first two chapters of Blown to Bits by Harry Lewis, Ken Leighton, and Hull Appleson. So, um, I don't know about you, John, but I was blown away by the first few pages of the book. I mean, you know me, I'm not very big on computers, so I wasn't... <laughs> Can't confirm. Um, yeah, well... As I was saying, the book truly engages your mind. It makes bits sound like much more interesting subjects than I ever expected. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember there was a part where the author compared sending bits to one another to an idea. He said something like, when a bit is shared, it is hard to contain from everybody. But once it is shared, you don't have any less of it. Comparing it to sharing an idea, you know, once it leaves your mind, you can't really control who else hears it. But while we all know that just because you share a thought or an idea doesn't mean you lose your ownership of any of it. Oh my God, yeah, I remember. And then he dove into the seven cones. Do you remember what they were? Um, I remember there was one about how processing speed was power and... Moore's law, we all learned in high school is still religiously applied. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot to say about those codes. Um, there's something about how everything we can access online is truly just bits, like images, voice calls, the internet, and... Oh, Yeah! And remember, there was one where they discussed how a lot of data is being lost because people trust the internet over anything else. Medical records nowadays are all online, so records taken on paper years ago might not be accessible. Therefore, they're almost deemed as non-existent. People don't really look to books for answers anymore. They search the internet and hope to find it as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. It's mind-blowing stuff. I mean... We don't really think about the smaller details of our lives, but this book truly captures concepts I think we're all familiar with, but sometimes just do ignore. Like the idea brought up in, I think, uh, chapter two about how there used to be fear um, in people that Big Brother was watching them, but now... Truly and really, we have cell phones, TVs and computers and iPads, so many devices with cameras that can be used to spy on our lives. Also, basically any activity we do online is all recorded and saved. It's, um, actually pretty insane. We all know it, but it seems like the prize outweighs the cost. I mean, yeah, I think that people have the mentality of, well, I'm not doing anything criminal, so why should I care? it's just a violation of privacy whether the products are worth it it's kind of a hard bargain um, to make because now we're introducing children to things like ipads trading their lives in their privacy is being stripped from them before they can consciously realize that it's happening yeah that kills me i mean this book it basically blew my mind a bits I haven't been able to truly look at the internet the same again. This made me want to delete all my social media and never use my search bar for a silly question ever again. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're on the same page in that one. Oh, can we also talk about the fact that literally everything we do leaves some kind of a digital footprint? Nowadays, every website you visit, email you send, item you charge to your credit or debit card, place you sent your GPS to, navigate to, Fitbit you wear, everything. <laughs> Don't forget my favorite part. The shoes you wear have, might have a tiny digital RFID tag in it. It seems like the only way to avoid being tracked is to pile up on groceries. Lock yourself in a house and throw away all your electronics, and maybe all your shoes, too. Well, then it's obvious that you're home, so really, people would still know where you are. Oh, well, then I give up on that one? Um, You know what's worse? In the United States, there's this popular notion of freedom, fairness, and integrity for truly, the government that would be creating laws to defend our privacy is precisely one of the sources that wants to violate it. Are we truly ever going to live comfortably without the fear that someone is listening in on every one of our conversations, or a computer is analyzing all of our online activity to paint an image of us as people? You know, that really makes me think, it's amazing that someone decided to write about this topic. Can we truly do anything about it? I feel like the books arise some questions like, now what? We just know that businesses and the government and pretty much anyone in the world has the resources to access private information about almost everyone's lives? How can we comfortably live knowing this stuff, knowing that our medical records can be easily accessed and even our homes are not safe from the invasion? How do you live knowing that someone can use your cell phone? turned off or on to listen in on every word. I don't know, Stace, but I think that, as the book said, it is something that we're kind of too deep in by now to change, so we live with it. At least a lot of the information that is being accessed can be used for good, to track down terrorists and prevent crimes, as well as catering to our needs. Despite the negatives, technology opens up an entirety entirely new world of opportunity well that's fair enough i guess i think this is all we have time for today yeah you're right well thank you for tuning in with us on live time with jc hope you enjoyed our conversation and drew something about the book tune in wednesdays and fridays at 7 7 a.m p.m central for more good night everybody good night